Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, take out those worship guides. Inside are some sermon notes. Let's dive into the finale of Decade Defining Decisions. I've been giving you three decisions to define your entire next decade. I talked to you in week number one and said, here's a decade-defining decision. Whatever God says, you need to do it. You need to do it. And then last week, man, what a response to the message last week where I talked to you guys about a subject that said, listen, you need to once in a while, you need to learn to take a break. You need to have a Sabbath. You need to have some rest. And before I give you the third decision, I want you to write it down in your notes, this phrase I've been giving you every single week, and it goes like this. You can write down those paper notes or on that app that you can take notes with, but here's the phrase. It is your decisions, not your desires, that determine your destiny. So, so many people have great desires and wish happy thoughts, but they never get to the place God wants for them. And I want this year to turn out different than for you. I want this decade to be better for you. So you gotta make some real decisions because we're all the product of decisions in our life. So what I thought I would do over this series is tell you some good decisions and some bad decisions that I've done. And so I've played a lot of jokes and made a lot of jokes about my life. So today I thought I would turn it around on your location, pastors, at every location, and tell you some good decisions and some bad decisions that they've made. I'll start with our Heights location, who a good decision is our Heights location pastor, Pastor Kyle. Come on, give it up for Pastor Kyle. He's the best. I love that guy. He is doing an amazing job, and I know they're cheering at the Heights location, and he's a great guy, but he hasn't always made such great decisions. Look at this old decision. Look at that guy right there. Look at that, uh, that flat top with the fade right there, man. I, I was going to try that haircut. It didn't work out too well for me, but we love Pastor Kyle. That was really good for him. But hey, and then Pastor Jacob is our South Tampa location pastor. We love Pastor Jacob. He's a great friend, a great leader, but Pastor Jacob's not always been as stylish as he is right now. Uh, look at that old, look at that. That country boy, them boots on from the middle of nowhere in Alabama, and that's his roots right there. Love that. One of my closest friends is our St. Pete location pastor, Pastor Kenton, and he helped launch our St. Pete location, leads that community so well, but he's not always been so clean cut as he is right now. Look at this surfer phase. There was Pastor Kenton right there. And, and, and what you don't know is you see the hair right here on the side? We had to crop out some girl. We didn't even know who that was right in that picture right there. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, um, different story for another day. We have Pastor June in our Brandon location. We love Pastor June. And he just, man, that guy loves Jesus and loves his family. But you might not know this. He also loves rap music. And back in the day, he used to, he used to uh, write some albums. Look at this guy. Look at those Jinko jeans. You don't know anything about those Jinko jeans right there. And, he put out albums, true story. I'm gonna have him perform one first Wednesday for us and uh, have him have a little bit of fun right there. So, hey, at every location, give it up for your location, pastors. Don't you love them? They're the best. All right, we're all the products of our decision. Let me give you a decision today that'll define your entire next decade. It's a decision I have to make often and it's a decision that you're gonna need to make today. And here's what it is, ready? It's a decision to release the offense. Release the offense. In the words of the great prophetess Elsa, the great philosopher, she would tell us today to, come on, every location, let it go, 
Let it go. Some of you guys have just let it hold you back for far too long. We're gonna release some offense today. And I know it, some of you are thinking, well, this isn't something I deal with. It's not something that I deal with in my life. We all deal with this. We all struggle with offense. There was a story of Muhammad Ali, who he got on an airplane. If you don't know who Muhammad Ali was, he was one of the greatest boxers of all time. He believed himself to be invincible. And he gets on this plane and refuses to buckle his seatbelt. So the stewardess, who obviously noticed who he was, said, Mr. Ali, I need you to buckle your seatbelt. And he responded with, Superman don't need no seatbelt. To which she responded, with all due respect, Superman doesn't need this airplane. And you are not Superman. I need your attention for just a second. You are not Superman. You are not Wonder Woman. You are not one of the Avengers. You need this message today because our world is offensive and it's hurting and we all deal with this subject that I'm gonna talk about today. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 17, verse one. He said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Let me tell you, there's no way that you're gonna live in a world that offenses are not gonna come. They're all gonna come to us. And haven't you noticed, can we be real? People get more offended now than ever before. Have you noticed that people get offended about everything? They're frustrated about everything. They're, they're struggling with everything. People get offended. They get, one guy, Paul Harvey, told the story. This guy was offended at his parents and tried to take him to court to sue his own mom and dad because he was ugly. True story. His ground for suing them was, if this is the best you could do, you shouldn't have had children. <laughs> he was offended. He was offended. People get offended all the time. Can you imagine how hard my job is? Every one of these sermons are about 3,000 words apiece. I write it every single week. And I, I can't say a single message without somebody getting offended. And most of the time, it's cat owners. Let's be real. <laughs> You know how many people have left our church because I told them that their cat was useless, pointless, a nuisance, ugly, lazy, a waste? No, no, I didn't mean that. Okay, like, no, right, people get offended. They get offended all the time. We get offended at our parents. We get offended at the government. You can't, you can't find one side that's okay with anything from the other side. Everybody's offended. Everybody's offended these days. We're offended at the drive-through. They didn't put sauce in our back. How dare they? And then some of them, I want to call them out. Some of them, you ask for a sauce, and they say, that'll be 25 cents. Are you really going to ask for my credit card? Swipe it. Just swipe it. I'm never coming back here, but you better give me that sauce right now in my bag right now. We get offended, don't we? Like, we get offended. We get offended at drivers. How many know Florida has the worst drivers in America? Can I hear an amen? Like, you get offended. They cut us off. They, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be, I'm, just, I'm vulnerable with you guys during decade-defining decisions. Um, the other day, I had a run-in right here in the parking lot at the Britton Plaza. This is where our, our South Tampa location is. And I was driving. It's a parking lot. You're driving five, 10 miles an hour. I'm driving down the, the, the middle of the parking lot, and then I'm going to turn left on the, where this road is in the, in the plaza. So this car is driving straight towards me. They have their blinker on. So they're gonna turn right, I'm gonna turn left in front of them. Make sense? Like, 
It was all smooth. So I just kind of go in front of him, and, and they, he keeps driving, but he doesn't stop to turn. He's going straight towards me, and I realize he's about to hit me. So he slams on his brakes, and he slams on the horn. So I rode down my window. You got a problem? And I, I told him, I said, I said, sir, your blinker's on. Your blinker's on. You need to. And then he says, well, you didn't come to a complete stop. And I said, well, don't judge me. Come on. Like, <laughs> we're, we're having this, this issue right in this parking lot. It's about to go down. It starts escalating. And I'm thinking to myself, those years of CrossFit are finally going to pay off right now in the Britain Plaza parking lot. And then, and then it hits me, I'm a pastor. I can't, I can't do this. And not only am I a pastor, I'm a pastor in that parking lot. Like my church is right there. Like it's in the same place. And then it hits me that the fist that I would hit this guy with has our pray first bracelet <laughs> I got offended. We all get offended. We get offended. We get offended by church. They didn't sing the song we wanted them to sing. They didn't respond to my email. They didn't have the small group I wanted. They took, they took away the donuts. I heard the offense. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I hear, I'm just gonna go to another church. And then you realize that the offense you experienced at Radiant wasn't a radiant thing, it was a life thing, and you just never learned to train yourself to get over a fence in your life. So, so we just make this thing about the idea that, man, we're just gonna hold on to it. People get offended by God. They get offended by God. God didn't come through for me the way he, I wanted him to. He told me to do something I didn't wanna do. I read the Bible, it offended me. We live in a world where people are offended. And Jesus said in the end times, Matthew 24, he's describing what the world would look like at the end times. And when he says, you'll know you're near the end when, look at this phrase, many will be offended. Isn't that our world today? Like everybody's upset about something. And Jesus says, you know the world's coming to an end when everybody's getting offended. That's the world we're in today. Let me prove it. I, I read this article. True news story, Dania Beach, Florida. A woman faces aggravated assault charges after authorities say that she passed gas in a line at the dollar store and pulled a knife on a man who complained about it. Here's the story. Citing a Broward Sheriff's Office report, the woman passed gas while waiting in line at a Dollar General Sunday night and upset a nearby customer. The report says that the offended customer, there's that word, offended, offended, the offended customer and the woman got into an argument, quote, in reference to the defendant farting loudly. <laughs> it says the woman then pulled a small folding knife out of her purse and told the victim she was going to gut him while moving in to attack that guy. She was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. That is a true story. We live in a world where people are getting offended about everything. What do we do about this? You see, the Bible, when Jesus talks about this word offense, he uses this word scandalizio. And here's what the word means. I want you to put it in your notes. 
Because it actually is the word where we get the word scandal. And uh, it's like when you watch a movie and, or a Netflix show and you get all wrapped up into it and it ends the episode. You got to watch the next one and you got to watch the next one because you're in this scandal. It's, it's, the, it's the, I want to know what's going to happen. Here's the other word. You write it down in your notes. It's the word trap. It's, you get trapped. And this is what happens when you get offended because offensive things happen to you, but then you learn, if you don't learn to get rid of them, you get trapped in it. And you know who you are because that thing happened to you not, not a few days ago, not weeks ago or months ago, years ago. And you're still thinking about it. You're still losing sleep over it. You're still going to that person's Facebook and seeing what they're doing. Like you're still living in that offense. And I want you to know today, this is a trap that the enemy wants to do to go, keep you from reaching your potential. And it's this trap of offense. I'm gonna use my little dog here as an example because obviously if I used a cat, nobody would care. They got trapped. So <laughs> just testing your offense level, just testing it. But here's what it is. It, it's our little puppy here is, is deals with offense like we all do. Offense like they didn't call you back, they didn't invite you out, they, they stopped using your company, they broke up with you, they put up a, a political post that you didn't agree with, hello? Like, they, they, they didn't like your photo online, how did you scroll through and not like my picture? Like, they hurt you, they let you down, they broke up with you, and here's what it is, is our little guy here, let's just say, um, deals with some issue and some struggle like we all do, and if we're not careful, you have two options, you either release the offense and walk away from it, or you get in this world where you just start to think about it and you go, that person really hurt me. And then you start to think about it a little bit more and you go, oh man, it just, it's really, really upsetting. And then our little buddy here, he's just, he, then he starts to talk to his friends about it. And you know, every time he talks about it, you know what he's doing? He's getting closer and closer and closer. And then you know what he does? He does the stupidest thing. He posts about it on Facebook, and he tells all of his friends, he goes, can you believe that this person did this and this and this and this to me? And, and then he starts thinking about it more and talking about it, and eventually he's in his place, and he still thinks he's, for, oh, it really doesn't bother me, but it does bother you because you keep thinking about it all the time, and you keep going further and further, and eventually, guess where you're at? You're trapped. And some of you guys, this is your life. And here's how you know you're trapped because it's years and months and decades later for your life and you're moving, but you're not going anywhere because you're still talking about the divorce. You're still talking about the bankruptcy. You're still talking about how they let you down. You were this close to getting married and they ended the engagement and you're sitting there and you're frustrated and you're, you're just upset and you're not moving anywhere because you haven't learned how to release the offense from your life. God wants you free today. He brought you to church because he wants you to get free from the offense this decade. So how do we do it? How do we get out of this? Because you have to understand this. Offense is an event. But offended, that's a decision. There's way too many people who are making the decision to stay offended in their life. Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs 18, verse 19 says, a brother that is offended, it's harder to win than a strong city. So here's what that shows us. It shows us that you can't win in other areas of your life. 
when you live offended. So you're trying to move forward with a new relationship, but you can't because you're still offended by the last one. Trying to move forward with a new job, but you can't get promoted because you're still offended by the last thing. You, you, you're, you're not winning in life because you're still, you're offended. So you gotta learn to let it go. How do I live? Here's what I wanna challenge you with. How do you live offense-free in a very offended world? Here's how you do it. Number one, you gotta learn to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because you gotta understand, people are gonna hurt you. They're gonna neglect you. They're, gonna, they're all gonna go hang out and they're not gonna invite you. And it's gonna hurt. And you've gotta learn how to guard your heart. Because I've learned in my life, I've had offense come to me where things, things hurt, but I just don't, I don't let it in here. Do you know what I mean? You know the difference? The difference between like, they cut you off in traffic, I'm offended. But that's different than you tossing and turning at 2 a.m. thinking about how mad you are at them. But it's different than you going to their Facebook page days later and going, well, who are they hanging out with now? And what are they you know what it's like to live where it goes into your heart and what I've had to do in my life is I've had to learn, how do I live in an offended world by not letting offense get in my heart? How do you do that? You guard your heart. Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart. For here's why, for everything you do is gonna flow from that heart. So when our heart is dirty, when our heart is offended, when our heart is bitter, guess what? the rest of your life is gonna experience that. You're gonna bring it on your marriage, you're gonna bring it on your kids, you're gonna bring it on your boss, you're gonna bring it on your friends. So you gotta learn that in a world where people offend you, just don't let it get in here. Don't let it get in here. Like, don't let it get in your mouth. Just release it to the Lord quick and do this because I've, I've learned in my life, if I don't guard my heart, things will get in my heart that'll eventually affect every other area of my life. So you see, I wrote it down in your notes this way. Offense Offensive things can happen to me without the offense living in me. And in my life, I've just had to realize that I'm okay living in a world where people are gonna let me down. They're gonna promise the world, they're gonna, they're gonna hurt me, but I'm not gonna let it get in my heart. And some of you guys have not guarded your heart towards that offense. You're dealing with real issues, but you gotta learn to guard your heart. Don't, don't let them in here. Release it to the Lord. Release it to the Lord in prayer. That's why you get a good friend around you to talk about it. You gotta be honest with your small group and talk about these kind of things. Why? Because listen, live in a way that you can live in a very offensive world, but just don't let it get in your heart. Amen? Number two is simply this. You gotta be quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. Jesus is our example in this. And I love Jesus' example of forgiveness because Jesus showed us how quick we should forgive. Now, this is interesting, and I want you to get this. Jesus comes to the earth, lives a perfect life without sin, and is rejected, betrayed, abused, beaten, and nailed to the cross. While Jesus is on the cross, nailed, the punishment was, it wasn't over. It wasn't like it was finished it wasn't like he went through counseling. It wasn't like he was really able to process it all. While he's on the cross, he looks at the people that hurt him, and here's the statement he makes. Father, forgive them. I'm gonna release it right now. Jesus, in the midst of his pain, released the, the uh, forgiveness right away. And I think it's a lesson for all of us because I think you're all waiting for somebody else to do something, and then you'll forgive them. And you'll never walk free in your life if you live in such a way like that. Colossians chapter three, verse 13 says it this way. 
be ready, be gentle, and ready to forgive. Look at that. Isn't that a great phrase right there? I woke up this morning going, I don't know who's going to hurt me, but I'm ready to forgive. Like in advance, I'm not going to hold, look what he goes on to say. Don't hold on to grudges. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive who? Others. There's no contingencies in that. Doesn't matter what they did to you, doesn't matter how bad it is, I'm not making light of it. I'm just telling you, we, you, you don't have a right any longer to hold on to this thing. You need to learn to forgive. So people tell me all the time, they're like, well, it's just, I, I, it's too difficult, it's too big. I actually look at unforgiveness like this. It's like a tumor, okay? I'm gonna use this as my tumor illustration. So if I had a tumor on my shoulders, it'd look like this, okay? Does that look good? Look at that, it looked like the hunchback of Notre Dame right there, okay? So you're walking around and this is unforgiveness. You've got this thing on your shoulder, you've got this thing that's growing in your life, and, and, it's, and it's a legit thing. Like someone abused you, someone hurt you, they, they went in a business deal with you, and, and they screwed you over. Like you have some major things you're walking around with. Like it's, it's, it's real, I'm not saying it's not real. But then I say, hey, I say a statement like this today, I say, hey, you need to let it go, you need to forgive. And you've got all these reasons. I actually put them in your notes. These are the top three reasons why people don't forgive. And it's maybe one of the reasons you don't. And you go, I go, hey, release that tumor. Let it go. And you go, well, I'm not going to forgive because what they did was too big. You ever heard that one? It's just too big. Like, I can't release it. it, it it's too big. It was too overwhelming. And um, this thing looks ridiculous. <laughs> and, and honestly, like, honestly, like, it's too big. But if it's like a tumor, if everywhere you go, people are seeing it, people are noticing it, wouldn't you want to release it because it was so big? Wouldn't you want to go, this thing is so ridiculous, I got to get it out of my life. I don't care. If it is so big, that's more of a reason for you to release it so that you can walk free so you're not walking around with this thing in your life. Can I hear a good amen today? So here's another one I hear all the time. Well, I don't want to forgive them because they didn't say they were sorry. You heard that? Like they, when they say they're sorry, then I'm gonna forgive them. And you're the one walking around looking like an idiot. Like you're the one walking around like going, well, when they apologize to me, and everybody's like, but it's affecting you. They're, they're not the one walking around with the, the growth on their life. You are. You're the one walking around hurt. You're the one walking around angry. You're the one that's staying up late at night thinking about it. You're the, so why would you make your freedom contingent on them saying they're sorry? Today, just release it to God and go, if they never say it, if they never apologize, if they never make it right, that's okay, because I'm not going to live with this thing in my life anymore. I'm going to release it to God. Can I hear a good amen today, church? Joyce Meyer says it this way, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, but expecting somebody else to die. Isn't that true? Like you just walk around going, well, they're going to suffer for it, and, and I'm, I'm going to hold this grudge. No, 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 let it go. Like, it, it looks ridiculous. Here's the last one. Uh, people don't forgive because they say, well, they're going to do it again. Well, if I get rid of this, it's only going to happen again. You heard that? But here's the problem with it. If, if it really is this much of a bother and this much of a frustration, then wouldn't you want, if, you, if it's only going to happen again, wouldn't you want to get rid of this one before the next one comes? Because if not, you're going to have it here and have it here and have it here and have it here. My whole thing is, is I don't know if they're going to do it again. If they do, at least this one's gone from my life so that when the next one comes, I get rid of it again and I get rid of it again because I refuse to live with unforgiveness in my life. And here's the fact. Ready? Write it down your notes. 
followers of Christ lose their right to be offended. We lose it. Because Jesus is our example that we are quick, quick, quick to forgive. C.S. Lewis says it brilliantly like this. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. Because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Isn't that a great line right there? So what do you do? In a world that offends you and hurts you, here's what I do. We have a daily choice, and today's your day to make that choice. To live bitter because of what other people have done. And some of you, people have really hurt you. It's really been bad. But I believe you can live better because of what Jesus has done. And we can receive his forgiveness. We can release that forgiveness to other people. And I'm just not going to walk around trapped any longer. If I can be real with you, and our teams can come at every location. If I can be real with you, there's been seasons in my life where I've been deeply, deeply offended. I talked stories about my dad growing up. And during those years, 15, 16, 17, 18, he would leave for a long period of time. And he had addiction issues. And I remember offense going really deep into my life. Really deep in my heart. There's no, no 16-year-old kid should be walking around, driving around the city looking for their dad, thinking he's going to be dead somewhere. Like, it was major issues. But it was, it was seasons of breakthrough in, in services like this, hearing messages like this, that I would go, okay, despite what happens to me, I'm going to release it and I'm going to forgive. And as soon as I did that, I would walk into another season of greatness in my life with God. It was every season. I remember another one when I was a youth pastor and this mom got really upset with me. She spread a bunch of gossip about the church and took about 20 or 30 kids out of the youth group. It was like my first time I was part of like a church split. And I remember getting so offended and hurt and it was in a message like this, a service like this, that I just said, okay, God, I'm not gonna let it hold me back. I'm gonna release it to you. And as soon as I released it to God, I got breakthrough in my life. It was, it's, I've had to do it for years. I'm going to challenge you today, forgive quickly. Here's the third one, and this is the last one. If you want to live offense-free in an offensive world, you got to learn to move on. you got to learn to move on. I love you. I'm your pastor. I care for you. I have compassion for you. I hurt for you. But I'll say my next statement with every bit of love and grace as I can. I know it was tough. I know it happened. I know it's wrong. But you need to move on. I know it was terrible, but there's a future in front of you that is great, and you need to move on. I know it was a big struggle. I know it was a big disappointment, but you've still got a pulse, and God has still got a plan. It's time for you to move on. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. Because here's what I believe. It's a tweetable moment of the church, of the service today. Ready? The potential ahead of me is so much greater than the pain behind me. And I know the pain's real, and I know it's huge, and I know it's overwhelming, and that pain has got you trapped like this little dog right here, but I'm challenging you today to move on. There is a future past your pain. Here's a story I'll close with this. In 1993, there was unrest in Somalia, and we sent in our Delta Force to grab a drug lord. Well, when we sent in our Delta Force, one of the Black Hawk helicopters crashes. You've probably heard the story because of the movie called Black Hawk Down. 
So when the, the, the Black Hawk crashes, many of our servicemen were killed and many wounded. And what they did is some of the enemy would take them and drag the soldiers through the streets. It was a, it was a terrible, terrible event. So what they did is they, the U.S. government sent in a team to recover the bodies and the men that might have survived. So they sent in this team and in their midst of some of the most intense fighting, the intense battle to recover these wounded and hurt uh, U.S. troops. And if you've seen the movie, you know the instance I'm about to talk about. But in the midst of the most intense, severe battle, a colonel is there in the fight and he looks at a sergeant and he says, Sergeant, we gotta get in this car and I'm gonna need you to drive because we gotta get out of this place. We gotta move on, we gotta get out of here. And the soldier responds to the colonel and says, Colonel, I can't do that, I'm shot. The man had been shot, bullets were still flying. And the colonel responded with that phrase that's been so famous and he said it like this, everybody's shot, get in the car and drive. So Radiant, listen up to me, I, I, I'm not saying what you went through is not big. But I'm telling you, everybody's been shot. We've all been abused. We've all been neglected. We've all been disappointed. We've all been let down. But you have potential in your life. You have future ahead of me. It's time to get in the car and drive. Move forward. Go in this next decade with victory, with belief that if God is gonna heal me, I'm gonna see the best in front of me and not staring at the pain behind me. Come on, stand your feet at every location. Let's put our focus on Jesus today. They're standing at every location here. That's what I believe. I believe this could be one of the most important decade-defining decisions of your life right now. Where everything that has happened to you, all that hurt, all that frustration, all that offense, that you release it to the Lord. And God, by His power, will come in and heal you. He will help you walk out of this place freer than you've ever been before. In our earlier services today, we had rooms where 90% of the rooms responded to this call right now. And I believe there's a lot of you guys. You'd say, Aaron, I'm walking into 2020 and I've got some hurt, some offense. Maybe it's recent or maybe it's from decades ago. And you go, and I'm still holding on to it. And I want to walk out of here free. I wanted to give it to God. I want to release the offense and I want to live offense free in an offended world. If that's you, you got something in your life, throw one hand straight up to heaven right now. Come on, hold it up at every location. Brandon, Heights, St. Pete, you're online. Just hold it up like this. This is a big step of faith for some of y'all. Now here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you to take that other hand as a sign of surrender and throw it up too. And put both hands and just say, God, today I release the offense. What they did to me in my past is not worth me holding on to. It already took so much of my life. I will refuse to let it take hold of my future. God, look at your people. Lord, there's so many of them that have been hurt. 
Lord, they've been abused. They've been disappointed. Lord, there's so many that have carried, Lord, the weight of disappointment in their parents and neglect, God, with their hands raised in surrender. Would you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, heal their heart, restore their life, let them see that the pain behind them is not greater than the potential ahead of them. Lord, we have all been shot, but we today decide to get in the vehicle, to move forward, and to let it go. Let's say it together. We let it go. Say it loud. Ready? We let it go. One more time. We let it go. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, now give them your greatest shout of praise and victory today. One more call with every eye closed and every head bowed. You're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You go, Aaron, my life is offensive towards God. I want you to know he, he went to the cross for you. He died for you so that he could forgive you. And he wants to offer that forgiveness right now for you. He paid for it 2,000 years ago on the cross. You don't need to live in opposition to God anymore. You can come into a real life-giving relationship with God right now. No matter what service you're at, I believe God's speaking to some people today. And he's saying it's time to surrender your life to Christ. Here's what that means. You're gonna make a simple yet significant decision to act in faith right now, saying I'm ready to give Jesus my life. You feel God pulling on your heart. You say I'm gonna respond to God. Here's how you're gonna respond. In just a second, I'm gonna count to three. You're gonna throw that hand up and you're gonna say, Aaron, that's me. I'm giving my life to Christ. Today's my day of salvation. I'm not doing life my way anymore. I'm gonna do life God's way. And I believe God will see that hand, but more important, he'll see that heart and he'll change you right there in your seat. That's you on the count of three. One, two, three. Throw that hand up at every location. I see dozens of hands raised all over this place. So many people. Let's pray this prayer out loud at every location together. Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I make a decision to give you my life, to give you my past, my present, and my future. Forgive my sins. Put me on a fresh path as I follow you, not just today, but for the rest of my life. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, Come on, can we celebrate life change here at Radiant Church? Oh, we can do better than that. So many lives changed. Radiant, I'm telling you, I can just see it on your faces right now. Some of y'all walked in with those tumors all over. You're walking out of here free. You're gonna, you're gonna be a little bit happier at lunch today. You released it and you'll never pick up that offense again in Jesus' name. Does everybody agree with that, amen? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna finish out with our radiant declaration at every location. Let's say it loud. Let's make it a big deal today. Let's say it with me, ready? This week, I am moving towards Christ, towards community, and towards my calling. Because of Jesus, I am getting better, and I will keep coming back. We are, I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.